We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'll never call off fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey, double sevens. No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference. Hop Hall of Fame for dirt, we love you with a deep breath. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Hi, I'm Kyrie Irving. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the Mavs Step, Step Back, Back Podcast. Waiting on my fall off. I'll never call off. Fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey. Double sevens. No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference. Hall of Fame for dirt. We love you with a deep reverence. Bad court nasty. I wonder who gon' check him. Cuban did his thing when he went and got number 11. I still got his picture on my wall at 707. Feel synonymous with Kyrie, how we both train with aggression. Competition obsolete. Trying to breathe life into my dreams. I'm so tired of sleep. Still got some work from last season that was incomplete. So hungry for redemption. Thank my boys, that's my overheat. Like Luca with his three of them hit. My mic is prone to overheat. I pride myself the most. I'm 22 and my folks proud of me. I took the heart away since I was 10. Was no surprise to me. A step back mass blowing up was no surprise to me. And I'm speaking honestly. Seven. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I am joined by our correspondent, Grant Afseth. Does a lot of great work for us over at DallasBasketball.com as well. He is joining us live from American Airlines Center after the Mavs just defeated the Utah Jazz in blowout fashion. It was a 50-point drubbing. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was not close from the very start. Uh, the Mavs, they poured it on. Luka had a 29-point triple-double at halftime. Uh, so that just kind of tells you how, how you know, bad this game was. But anyway, uh, after having that historic 30-0 run in the OKC game before this, not being able to pull it off, uh, and then coming back and to have this type of performance following that, it's a good thing that the Mavs were able to – kind of build some positive momentum uh, because now you have a stretch coming up where they play the Portland Trailblazers, they play the Memphis Grizzlies, and you have a chance to really build on it and get consecutive wins for just the, the third time this season. They started off 4-0. They've only won consecutive games one time since then, back on November 12th. Uh, so they'll have a chance to do that for the first time in nearly a month. 
on Friday, and we'll see if uh, if they can pull it off. Final stat line for Luca on this one: uh, he had uh, 40 points, had 10 rebounds and 11 assists. Uh, just uh, a really solid performance from him and from Kyrie too. But Grant, what's some of your biggest takeaways from this one? Yeah, I think it was just one of those games that you want to see a uh, team with championship aspirations or deep playoff run aspirations really handle a weak, shorthanded team. You know, I thought you know, they tried to send a lot of uh, double teams at Luca, and he just really ripped them apart uh, like he tends to do. Uh, that connection with him and Derek Lively has continued to grow. Uh, they, I think they entered the night with the most alley-oop connections in the NBA of any two players, and that, you know, not all of them were alley-oops, but they connected for a lot of really high-quality, you know, shot attempts in the paint. And I felt just, you know, having Kyrie back in the lineup, it looks synergistic. They, you know, they continue to play with, like, a free-flowing, read-and-react, like, a lot of actions. And I think, you know, they look really smooth doing it, and that's what you want to see as you continue to build throughout an 82-game season. Yeah, and, I mean, like I said, it wasn't just Luka either. I mean, Luka had the historic performance. He ended up uh, – passing Larry Bird. He tied Larry Bird for ninth on the triple-double list uh, last game. And then he came back the very next game and passed Larry Bird. So he has sole possession of ninth on the all-time triple-double list. He's only 14 away from catching James Harden, which is kind of incredible given that uh, you know that run that James Harden went on during his, his MVP stretch. So uh, really good stuff from him. But just overall, uh, the team in general had a really good – uh, a really good game as well. I'm trying to pull up. Give me just a second here. Let me pull up this. Uh, my computer is giving me some issues at the moment. Let's see here. Okay, so in this one, like I said, Kyrie Irving, he had a very quiet 26-point game. You know, only played 27 minutes in this one, but he had 26 points, was a plus 26 on the night. Had uh, four assists, three steals, shot 11 of 16 from the field. So, I mean, overall, you know, he, he had a really solid performance. Uh, the uh, two other starters, Lively and Derek Jones Jr., they both had uh, uh, 10 and 12 points respectively. Uh, Dante Exum, even though he only had five points and didn't shoot very good from the field, he was a team high plus 40 on the night. Uh, played really good defense and kind of stabilized the Mavs. Every time it felt like, well, maybe the Jazz will put a run together with uh, some of the main guys out, it felt like Dante Exum was doing something good on either end of the floor. So, you know, good stuff from him too. Tim Hardaway Jr. did his normal thing off the off the bench, 17 points, uh, only shot four of – I mean, uh, five of 14, but – you know, he still did his thing. Seth Curry continues to have his upswing after a slow start to the season. Had 10 points, shot four of seven from the field. So, overall, some really good stuff. And and one thing specifically I wanted to ask you about uh, is, you know, Omax Prosper getting a lot more run in this one. You know, he got 21 minutes with Grant Williams out. Obviously, Josh Green is going to be out with the elbow thing for a few more weeks. Uh, so this is a big opportunity for Omax, you know, to kind of make himself a staple in Jason Kidd's rotation, so to speak. And the offense is still very much a work in progress. We know that. But defensively, he just seems very sound. Like the his size, his quickness, even if a guy gets a first step on him, 
he's quick enough to slide over and get back in front of his guy. You know, he very, very rarely do you ever see Omax get beat off the dribble. So I'm really encouraged by his defensive performance. He was also two of four uh, from the field and had six points, uh, five rebounds and two assists in this game. So really solid performance from him. What did you think specifically out of all the stuff we saw tonight, the 21 minutes from Omax Prosper? Yeah, I think it's everything that you said. I think particularly the defense that that's actually been a very like significant point of emphasis. Like at a recent practice, he's I haven't really seen this often. I mean, obviously they don't show us everything, only a small glimpse. But it was the first time I really saw someone just break out cones and just like really work on sliding and really moving laterally. Like he quite literally was uh, working on all that, like the old fashioned stuff. So like seeing that, like you know, whether it was the OKC game in that 30-0 run, he was really active sliding got some stops on Shea Gildas-Alexander in that game and then, you know, carried it over tonight. And that's exactly what you want to see from a player that was drafted for, you know, defensive versatility with his size, you know, and showing some lateral quickness. Uh, and, you know, just continuing to develop his offensive game, as you said, getting more fluid with things that happen within the flow of the game, read and react stuff, and just, you know, being more aggressive and consistent on the three-point attempts. That definitely would be a good next step for him as he continues to develop. But, you know, like overall, like when you have players that can really fly around the half court with Omax, it was really intriguing to see like in the last like you know, this two game stretch, like A.J. Lawson didn't really like factor in tonight. But in that 30 run, not to talk too much about that, it was really impressive to see them like kind of get out of double teams and really swarm in the half court uh, with, you know, together as two versatile wings. That's not something you really tend to see with the, the quickness factor with Grant Williams because he's more of a power player. Uh, so just seeing that as another look that you can throw out there as a defensive unit and uh, seeing that carry over. Because Jason Kidd in pregame mentioned, you know, they played desperate, but you want to see that again. And then they responded, you know, of course, it's against a weaker Utah Jazz team that's shorthanded, missing Larry Markin and other key players. But, you know, they were able to contain them to under 97 points. Even when they kind of pulled the plug on, you know, the, the majorly important, like, star players for the fourth quarter – still outscoring and getting stops in that sort of setting and not letting them run up the score was definitely a good thing to see kind of from a mentality standpoint. Yeah, it definitely seems like things changed, like a flip was switched with how they played in that last game. I mean, I, I, I know everybody was upset that, you know, they weren't able to pull it off. But, you know, it's, it's like we talked about it. After that last game, everybody, it, it didn't feel like it was a post game for a loss because everybody was so upbeat about what they were able to accomplish in that second half. And it's good to see it carry over into this one. And, you know, Omax, I just, and I mean, we've talked about it over the summer. He came on this pod over the summer and we talked to him. And uh, you and I specifically have talked about it too. But, you know, the, the potential is just, you know, through the roof. Like he, he has a very high ceiling. Uh, for what he can be just because of not only his physical attributes, but because, you know, he has a, a, a high basketball IQ. And once he figures out the stuff offensively, you know, I think he's really going to take off. And he's already he – already, he, already, he already looks like he's been in an NBA weight room for several years, even though he hasn't. So, you know, I'm ready to see what that next step for Omax is. But another thing I wanted to ask you about from this game specifically, you know, so Josh Green is out. Uh, Grant Williams, he was out for this one with a knee issue. Uh, so, and you would think if, if Jason Kidd wanted to go for size, maybe he would throw Omax Prosper in there, you know, to start, or maybe even AJ Lawson 
you know, after the game that he had uh, against OKC. But he, he pulled a page out of Rick Carlisle's book and went with uh, three guards with <laughs> with Luca and obviously big guards with uh, Luca and, and Dante Exum. But you had a three-headed monster uh, at the guard positions with Luca, Kyrie, and Exum. And then you had uh, Derek Jones Jr. and Derek Lively. And I know it's the Jazz. I know they're not that good. They have a bunch of injuries. They're only 7 and 14. But small sample size, it worked out really well in this one. <laughs> so what, what did you think about Kidd's decision to start uh, Dante Exum alongside Luka and Kyrie and, and the performance he had following that? Yeah, I've actually always liked the idea of having Dante Exum with his size play alongside Luka and Kyrie. And throughout this whole time he's been with the Mavs, they've really emphasized the importance he plays in keeping the pace high and being able to get them into their half-court actions. And when you have another guard that can do that without sacrificing size, you're able to get into some off-ball stuff with Kyrie and Luka involved. Like you have like the zoom action where one of them screens for the other off-ball and then they go into a handoff. And that's just a completely different attack to have to account for because it's just a nightmare to like kind of in the, in the moment of the game be like, okay, who do I switch off of? Who am I willing to switch off of? Okay, well, we don't want him to switch on to, on to that superstar. That guy can't handle that. And then, you know, all of a sudden, Derek Lively is getting open looks in the paint and things like that. Or it's just flowing into another nice action. And that just allows a lot of flow, movement, and it reduces the burden that you place on someone like Luca, who has to usually initiate a lot of things throughout the flow of the game. And, you know, he always will regardless. But that's just a great way to pick spots and be able to give the defense different looks and make them really, you know, second guess or personnel combinations in a way that not really many teams in the NBA are able to do because you don't really have like a six foot seven guard that can post up and like really like attack normal guards. And then Kyrie Irving is, you know, Kyrie Irving, one of the most skilled players you're going to find. Uh, so that's just a lot of luxury to have. It kind of reminds me of when the Mavs during their conference finals run had the option of playing Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson, and Luka together. Like that's obviously not the same because uh, there's style differences between those other two players in those combinations, but just having that bigger guard uh, allows you more options. But one thing I will say is while Dinwiddie is a more talented scorer than Exum in that comparison, you get more of a natural like defensive presence from Exum than you would from Dinwiddie, which you know, when you're playing alongside Luca, that's probably what you would prefer over the scoring punch yeah. anyway. So that's an intriguing thing to think about kind of going forward for sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I mean, to Luca's credit, I mean, he, he's never going to be an all NBA defender by any means, but I mean, to his credit, he's been more sound on the defensive end this season. Uh, so it's, it's been good to see that development from him. It also helps, helps, like you said, to put a guy like Exum with some size and some good, uh, defensive instincts in, in the lineup with him. But, uh, I do want to ask you about this too because I, I went on another post game show after this one ended. It's the the We Talk Mavs guys with uh, uh, Rail and King. I, I know you've been on there with them as well before too. But uh, we were kind of talking about how this game unfolded and how the Mavs are you know seven and zero now all time when Luca has a forty point uh, triple double. And you know w- one of the questions brought up to me during that that post game thing was well. You know, should the Mavs continue to play a style where Luka just, you know, kind of goes out there and gets his, uh, gets the 40-point triple-double, or should they, you know, try and, you know, pass it around more and keep the pace real high? And my answer to that, just right off the top of my head, was, I mean, they could have both if they wanted it to because obviously, you know, even with the 40-point triple-double, the team, the rest of the team scored 107 points tonight. Uh, the ball wasn't really sticking, you know. I I think they can have it both ways. I think Luca can go out there and dominate the way we're used to seeing, and the rest of the guys can get theirs too, and things can be fun and flowing, and you know, because and it, obviously it helps, like you said, to have a uh, a co-star that's a future Hall of Famer in Kyrie. Uh, but I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, I honestly I think that you know they can have their cake and eat it too, as far as is Luca going out and having these massive performances and it doesn't have to be, you know, real ISO heavy. Yeah. I think a lot of it too starts with the, like the approach of the defense as well. A lot of the times it gets simplified to like, if they're not going to double, then he's going to really pick apart individually. And also if they are going to double as a frequent approach, he's just going to accept the double team and let his teammates play four on three. That kind of seems to be where it stems from. But I think overall, like there's some ways, whether they're, he's getting doubled, uh, or they're switching a lot, regardless of the approach, that you can kind of utilize him within the flow, like kind of what we were just discussing, uh, to kind of maximize, I guess, his durability or stamina throughout a game and also throughout a season. Because I think the game within the game is important, but you also have to think about the, I guess you could say, the war, not the battle, when you're yeah. com- competing for that long-term goal. So you really don't want to have that situation where it's March like eighth or whatever in New Orleans, and he's talking about yeah. having a phantom quad <laughs> injury or something that he's been dealing with for a couple of weeks. So I think that's like the main priority for sure. Because honestly, like as especially as players get older, not him in particular, but just like like past their thirties, you really start to see them picking their spots. Like even like Kyrie Irving, you could see he's you know. So sometimes he could be a little too passive for observers like who are like, why isn't Kyrie like really trying to tear apart the defense? And why is he standing in the corner? But a lot of that has to do with like the big picture goals of peaking at the right time and things like that. So I think yeah. that definitely has a lot to, to kind of do with the approach. But I think from like an individual game standpoint, um, I definitely think if they're not double teaming, that's definitely a wise approach to really run things and enforce their hand. But, you know, overall, I think it definitely – 
you, you definitely want to have the the big picture in mind as opposed to the the stats for sure or the the single game approach for sure. Well, as a guy who turned thirty this year back in April, I, I surely know the importance of pacing yourself because you know <laughs> I I tweeted it out the other day. I slept wrong on my shoulder one night. Uh, I think it was last week, and it was just like I got shot. Uh, just for <laughs> just for the next few days, I just felt terrible, and I was just like, "Man, you know, you turn thirty and the flip will switch." So I understand Kyrie if he has to take a game or two, you know, because of his foot being sore or something. I get it, Kyrie. I get it. Um, well, Grant, look, I appreciate you joining me for this one. Uh, great work as always, guys. Y'all go over to DallasBasketball.com. I've got stuff up. Grant's got stuff up. Uh, Michael Mulford, Isaac Bourne, all of us, we've, we've got stuff up over there, and there's more coming uh, throughout the night and into the morning hours tomorrow. And, you know, we'll have several things as we lead into uh, that next game against the, the Portland Trailblazers that will happen on, on Friday. But, guys, we appreciate it. Y'all go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Be sure to go over to Grant's YouTube channel, too. It's just at Grant Afseth. Give him a click over there. Uh, and we appreciate it. We'll see y'all probably sometime Saturday. I don't know. I, I might be back on here with my guy, Drew Johnson. If not, I'll see if Grant can join me, or I might just solo it. You never know. But either way, uh, we'll be back Saturday one way or the other. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a great night.